Well, good evening, everyone. All you folks out in the fellowship hall, come in and join us. Come and sing. Turn in your hymn books to page 429. Anywhere with Jesus.
singing. Thank you. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father in heaven, it's good to be with your people this evening. And uh, we are so thankful that uh, anywhere we go, um, you, you, as we look to you, Lord, you will lead us and guide us and help us. And so, Lord, we are so thankful um, for the promises we have and, and who you are. And, and Lord, it's good to uh, just come together tonight and to study your word and and to pray. Lord, it's great to see the Hollands back tonight. And uh, Lord, we're so thankful for uh, Brother Walt uh, being here and and uh, Lord, for others and just the just the blessings and the praises and uh, just what you're doing in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless tonight and you'd help and and uh, we just love you now, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, you may be seated. As you as you uh, can tell, the uh, pastor is not back uh, with Miss Janie. Um, they are still down in Arizona. I believe they're going to be back sometime this Friday, um, is my understanding. Um, I know they've been fighting a cold a little bit, especially Miss Janie, so you can pray for her. Um, but I think it's been refreshing. They were able to go see the Connors. Uh, missionaries to the Navajo down there and uh, spent some time with them at their place and it's kind of out in the woods and so uh, it was really pretty neat to get to see them. Um, today I also got to talk to our missionary brother Jim um, Wright. Uh, missionary does furlough replacement. They've been in Hungary uh, for the last, what do you say, three months and now they're back for a bit and uh, they're going to be up in Vancouver for a bit and so um, just kind of neat. We'll have them in September and so it's just neat to see what God's doing. Um, our mission team is getting ready for things, and I feel like we finally we finally can sing one of the songs that uh, we've been working on. Um, it's and so you know none of us uh, we we have this ensemble we're going to sing, and we're going to end up singing one more song, which we'll work more on when we're down there. Um, but we're going to be giving our testimonies and uh, things. But none of us are in the choir, so I mean it's. Uh, you know, God uses the base things of this world to confound the wise and things. So um, that's how I feel. I keep throwing this thing around here. But um, anyways, uh, let's see if I can get this better. So so anyways, you'll hear us this Sunday. We're going to sing after the, uh, when, we, when we have our, I don't know. If it's all crazy, it's just how it is tonight, okay. Yeah, after the spaghetti feed, when we do the spaghetti feed, we're going to sing that on someone so you can um, choose to throw tomatoes at us. Or not. No, you'll be able to see kind of how we're trying to uh, serve the Lord and, and what God's called us to. It really is exciting. We leave a week from tomorrow, so we appreciate your prayers very much. Um, it'll be a flight. We leave at 5.40 in the evening, and we don't get into Cusco until 2 p.m. the next day. So um, that's an all-nighter. That's a long, almost 24 hours, so. So please pray for that, but it's very exciting. Um, God's providing, and you'll hear more Sunday about, about that too. But um, just just other things, yeah, we do have that spaghetti um, fundraiser. You can go back and sign up. You can pay for that. It's, it's really not that much. It's, uh, I think, $3 a person or $10 a family uh, if you have children and things. Um, and then there'll be a dessert auction. and uh, Kind of a neat thing. Um, Sunday schools will be a little different. We They'll be all in the Walkinshaw building for the adults. Um, the Maranatha class and the Breen class will meet in the uh, living room. Okay, so that's a little bit different than normal. Um, and then no evening service, as normally when we do like potlucks. And so, yeah, um, we do have a business meeting coming up a week from this Sunday, and uh, that's in the evening service. That's a pretty big one. Um, we elect new officers 
for this year. We also vote on the budget, um, and then we'll talk about um, the Irving property and also some changes that we're looking at making at the Constitution. Um, it doesn't look like we'll be able to vote on those. We're just trying to get all those things done, uh, but Lord willing, we'll be able to get out um, the Constitution so you can look it over. You know, it'll be on our website and also some copies at the Welcome Center if you want it. You can also, uh, we'll print one up for you. Uh, but Lord willing, we'll have that done either by this Sunday or early next week. Um, and a lot of that's because of the, uh, the gay marriage thing that took place this last summer, Just trying to protect ourselves. Uh, Faith Bible Institute is starting a week from this Monday. Uh, yeah, a week from this Monday. So that's exciting, too. If you still want to be a part of that, I think you can, you can be. Um, but there is an additional fee. Um, we, uh, just going back a little bit, oh, and there's an Irving property work day a week from this Saturday. I don't know what all we'll be doing. Do you have any idea? Gary doesn't. Um, so just be thinking about that. Things are really progressing over there um, in a good way. <laughs> um, uh, the sprinkler system, they just checked that, um, pressurized it. Uh, the plumber should be really close to get, be getting done with the rough in. Um, they've done a lot of the electrical. Um, the goal is to have the, um, the drywall ready at the end of January. Oh, we got the little... Let's see if I can get this right. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, just some neat things. I did talk to Dean over there, and he said... Lord willing, thank you, brother. Let's figure out. That um, it looks like, and I, I don't believe in crossing my fingers, but... Um, the, the Eugene Sign and Awning, who's been working on our steeple, uh, it looks like they're, they've built some of it right now, and they're hoping to install it January 18th. Okay, I don't believe in this, but <laughs> we've seen a lot of promises and things, so, but anyways, it'd be really neat if that, that comes through. Um, just a lot of things, so just keep praying for that, and um, I know this was one step, and they'll have another set um, step after this, and just see what God does. In that way, so um, <clears throat> I think that's about it for the bulletin. Uh, just um, maybe some praises or updates for prayer, like share. Yeah, Mike Dworsky. Yeah. That is awesome. Praise the Lord. A lot of prayer in that, and it's really exciting. Amen. Anybody else have a blessing to share? Yes. Yeah. Good to see Donna here tonight. She fell over just before Christmas, was it? Yeah. And so um glad you didn't break something also. <laughs> it's no fun still. <laughs> It's bad when the daughter says, I told you so, isn't it? <laughs> um, we know other people, maybe there's someone else I talked to, fell with the ice. You know, it was just not good. So, But um, we had good services. If you missed out, uh, there was about 100 of us that showed up. Brother Turner had a great message. And I do praise the Lord we canceled for Sunday night. It was, it was pretty treacherous. <laughs> but, um, you know... 
I, I went and saw her Monday. Um, she's, she's, it's just really tough. That last surgery took a lot, a whole lot out of her. Um, I feel like her color was maybe a little bit better than the last time I saw her. But uh, I know that her, I think it was enzyme count was still high, but the, the tumor has not grown. So, but it's not shrunk. But, you know, so keep praying for Alicia, though. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, just one other thing, thinking about last Sunday with the snow and things like that. Um, there's some ways we want to get the word out if we do cancel. We would send out an email. We put on our website. There's a little red line on the top that say it's been canceled. Probably do Facebook. And then also we do have an option with our database that uh, costs a little bit of money, but it will call everybody on our registry and leave an automated message that's been canceled. So if... if um, if you're wondering, look for those, go to those areas. If you don't, if you, obviously if you don't have internet or you haven't got, you can, you can always call me too. That's fine. I'm one of those pastors. Um, but um, yeah. What else? Any other praises? Blessings? Are we live tonight? <laughs> it's nice to hear the choir earlier. Amen. The goal is to be ready by the end of January. So I think they're, yeah, I think they're on pace. They're, they're doing well. There's a couple things that they're trying to get worked through, but um, we're doing really well. So, yeah. So, yep. In the back there, Walt. Amen. It's so good to see you guys here. Amen. Amen. Well, anything else we can be praying about? There is um, some folks on here. Kathy Overland, she called in. Her aunt had surgery to remove a tumor from her brain. And I haven't, I didn't hear the results. It was like a five-hour surgery. So, um. Yes. Yep. I heard there was a meeting today at ten, but I I didn't hear 
that's tied up with a lot of other things. So, yeah. Well, anything else? Okay. Well, let's let's gather um, in small groups and let's go to the Lord in prayer for a little bit, and uh, then we'll hear from God's word tonight. All right. Once you uh, go and greet one another, and uh, we can gather together for prayer. Amen. Okay. Looks like everybody's pretty well done praying. Um, I enjoyed that time of prayer. If you would open your Bibles to the book of Jonah, we're going to continue our study in this book. The book of, the book of Jonah. We'll be in chapter 3, but we'll start a little bit in chapter 2, the very, very end there as we studied last week, the first two chapters. But we've been, uh, just last week and tonight, we're, we've been talking about the reluctant prophet, the prophet of Jonah. And uh, really, you know this story about Jonah. Jonah is really the only prophet that we see, uh, unless I'm mistaken, that, that actually goes to another country, to a foreign country, and God tells him to go preach really a message and a message of judgment uh, to the Assyrians as he was to go to that great city, the city of Nineveh, which was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. Uh, was a great city, a big city. Um, most people estimate it being about 600,000 people. And uh, some of the reasons for that is because it says it's a great city. It's an exceeding great city. We have archaeology and things like that. But even in this book, it talks about 120,000 children that don't understand right from wrong. So, I mean, that's a lot of children. You've got to have a lot of parents and things. And so he was a reluctant prophet in going. And we saw that last time for him really fleeing to go to Tarsus the totally opposite way, totally opposite, many miles. And uh, God just would not let him go. God wanted him to go and to preach this message to um, the Assyrians to those in Nineveh, and uh, God prepared that great fish, didn't he? And, um, you know, you think about it, it was a great storm. We see how the sailors responded, and really they they end up seeing the power of God and turn to that God. They didn't want to give over Jonah, but Jonah ends up <laughs> being thrown in, and immediately, don't, don't, don't miss the miracle here, immediately the storm stops. And it reminds me of that miracle when Jesus said, peace be still, and the waves and everything stopped, okay? That's a miracle. And God prepared that. And, and one of the big things in seeing this is how God is in full control. And we're going to see other things. God prepared the, this fish. God prepares some other things for Jonah. God has prepared some things for each one of us. Sometimes it's self-inflicted, okay? <laughs> uh, but sometimes God has definitely a way of correcting us, but he's also got a way of refining us and using us. God is a God of second chances. And you'll see that tonight. He is a God that is full of grace and mercy. We see that in the life of Jonah, but also in the Assyrians. Aren't you thankful that God is a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances? Um, okay, God wants to see repentance that, that, that builds upon it, and, and there's good works and changes in our lives. But God loves us so much, and uh, he is ready to forgive. And so tonight I just want to key in a little bit the end of chapter two here, which is really kind of like a psalm of Jonah, and then go in and we'll, we'll work our way through chapter three and four tonight. And I'm really kind of covering a lot still, I think, tonight, but I only have, this is my last time to uh, to preach on a Wednesday night, so I feel like I have to finish this 
micro series up tonight. But I want you to just key in and, and focus in chapter two there on um, verse seven. <clears throat> he says here, and it talks about how he was he was in the 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 belly of the fish, and it talks about seaweed wrapping around his head, and he's in the water and down in the bottoms of the mountains. That's probably out in the ocean there, um, the Mediterranean Sea. I remember my story about seaweed last week. Um, doesn't, yeah, and all the different things and fish and all that. Not, not a nice place to be, okay? But this is what he says. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. I remembered the Lord. Lord hadn't left him. The Lord was always there. He was trying to flee from the Lord. But then he remembers, and the idea is he finally gets right with his God. God has a way, just as a father corrects his children, God corrects us. And it's usually through the hard times, through the trials in our life, that we realize that um, God is kicking out the crutches, the things that we're, looking, that we're holding on to and we're trusting in. Um, he kicks those things out so that we can look to him. And, and so he says, I remember the Lord and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. He's just seeing God work and what God is doing. In verse 8, Then he says this statement, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. And truly this, we're not sure exactly what he's meaning for his own self, but we know lying vanities. We know he had some personal thoughts about the Assyrians. They were his enemies, his arch enemies. He wanted them dead. He knew God was later. God is a God full of compassion. But there's certain things, ideologies, whatever it is, certain idols that we place up. Idols of the flesh, the intellect, ambition, pride, uh, idol of self, self-will, um, whatever it might be, we, we, we build these things up and we never lose sight of them. We guard them as though um, they're very special to us and we hold these things and our mind is not set on God. And they're called here lying vanities. Of course, uh, Ecclesiastes, Solomon, he talks about vanities among vanities. He talks about life without God is full of emptiness. And that's what he's saying. When we start putting these idols, we start serving these things and putting our desires for these things as he was trying to flee from God, trying to protect his country, trying to to flee um, during a time really when when uh, Israel was very doing very well financially. We know that last time it said Jeroboam the second was there. Their their borders were as big as they had ever been. Okay, even during the time of Solomon, that's that's pretty unique. Um, But he didn't want he didn't want that to change, but their hearts were far from the Lord. And so he, he's saying here, I, I have these lying vanities, but um, they're vanities. They're empty. And he says, you forsake. Basically, your idea is your own mercy. See, when we start looking and in, in, in giving our um, energies and talents and money and all of our time and everything towards these things, they're vanities. It says in the book of Daniel that. They remember that 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 vision of of the statue there, the golden head and and the silver and the bronze and all those things. At the very end, it says a rock will come and break that statue. All those kingdoms will not last. Only Christ's kingdom will last and that will be built up. You see, folks, if you're living for the kingdom of this world or your kingdom, it will not last. Only the kingdom of Christ. That's pretty sobering, okay? Because everything else is empty and shallow and will not last. Mark it up. But the kingdom of God will last. 
Are we putting our energies and things into that kingdom? He says, you're, you're forsaking your own mercy. This reminds me of Ruth. You don't have to turn there, but Ruth and Naomi, Ruth 2.20. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man uh, that, you're, that you're with out in the field is a near kinman, kinman of, kinsman of yours. Uh, one of your next kinsmen. You know the story there, how, how she's out in this field and here's Boaz and Boaz ends up being her kinsman redeemer and ultimately the child that they have and how God works all that out. You know, that whole story is a story of God's faithfulness and his loving kindness to Naomi and to Ruth. You see, when you, when you even through the trials, her husband, both their husbands died, they, they clang, they looked, Ruth clanged to the gods of Naomi God did not forsake them. His loving kindness is shown throughout there. God is faithful to help. And so Jonah here is talking about these things. And they that observe lying vanities or the idea of lying idols, you could say, or vain idols, forsake their own mercy. Verse 9, but I will, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay uh, that that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. So really we see Jonah here getting in the right mindset. He's willing to go. He's ready to make this sacrifice of thanksgiving. He's ready to kind of get himself out of the way. His perspective, I think, has gotten right. Again, I, I truly believe he's right with God now. He he's went through the, the belly of the fish for these three days, which really is a picture of what Christ has done, being buried, buried for three days. And a really quite a... Uh, when he talks to the Pharisees, he says, do you remember Jonah? <laughs> and, uh, and and also the fact that Jonah is going to um, the enemies here of Israel and preaching the gospel. There was a lot more in what Jesus was saying there. But but I think Jonah really was getting right. In verse 10, we see here then the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. That had to be a sight. OK, um, but Jonah got there and he would have had to walk a little bit to get to the city. Um, and here we really see the God of second chances. Um, the God of second chances, verse <clears throat> verse one here, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, You know, God could have just given up on Jonah and said, I'm going to send another prophet. There's these other prophets. Uh, Elijah, this is during the time of Elijah, Elijah, uh, Elisha, kind of during that time era. He could have sent other prophets to go, um, but he said, no, Jonah, I have you. You're the man to go. And he gives him here and he says, rise, go into Nineveh, just like he said earlier, that great city and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So he's telling him, go and preach what I tell you to preach. So Jonah rose and he went unto Nineveh. This time he's going and it seems like he's gotten right. He's put one step in front of the other. Uh, and it says, according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days journey. So once he's getting to Nineveh, it sounds like it's a three days journey to walk from one side of the city to the other. That's the idea. OK, um, in my notes, it talks about the inner city of of Nineveh probably being about eight miles wide. OK, I know that from my house, I think to over to I think I five, it's like five miles OK, um, so they start way over at my house and you're just walking and get over way to Springfield. 
talking about eight miles, maybe to Thurston, okay? Um, but this is probably spread out over 60 miles or so, they would say. Three days journey, they could probably walk, maybe it's a little less, but 20 miles a day, okay? It doesn't talk about him really staying and preaching it to one people. It's talking about him walking along. So it's a pretty spread out area. And he, he has this message. Um, again, these, these are his, his arch enemies, but this is who God has called him to preach to. Um, and it says here, he, he went and he started. Uh, and it's, here's his message, verse 4. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, short message, but a message of judgment. He says, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. He was given 40 days. And of course, he said, God said, you preach what I tell you. So this is what it seemed to be the message. Short message. 40 days, you're a goner. <laughs> you're going to be overthrown. Now, we would know if you understand the history a little bit about this. Jonah was during the time period of Jer- Jeroboam the second. So that's, that's around uh, the time. Jeroboam the second was from 793 to 753 B.C., okay? Years later, judgment would come upon this city. Not now. And maybe it could have came in 40 days if they had not repented. Years later, in 612 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians would go through here and they would destroy the city, okay? So approximately a, a hundred and... 25 years later, this city would would have judgment come upon him. But the message was 40 days and then judgment. There was a few things that happened during this time, too. Um, these are recorded in history books. But uh, 765 B.C., so kind of a right around that time that, that Jonah could have been going. Um, most people would speculate it's probably before he came. But there was two really bad plagues that went through that city. In 765 B.C. and 759 B.C., there also was a solar eclipse uh, right around that time, too. So some big things, okay? And uh, God does some, um, (laughs) God going through plagues and certain acts of God uh, gets our attention, doesn't it? There's, there's, you've heard this before, there's no atheists in foxholes, okay? (laughs) We've seen some acts of God in our country the last month or so with all these things that have taken place with tornadoes and things. God, God, God is a just God. He's good. He knows what he's doing. But I'll tell you, you see the power of God when you have these acts of, of God. Remember Tyler Brown, uh, one of my friends used to go to church here. He, he called me one time from Oklahoma. He said, Pastor Nathan, I'm outside and uh, they're calling for tornadoes around here. And it's just amazing to see these clouds and see all these things. It's just seeing the power of God. I said, I'm just worshiping God through all this. And I said, that's wonderful. Go get where you need to go. You know, go get to safety. But he just, that's just Tyler Brown. But, you know, it's just amazing to see God's hand in things. So, so perhaps God, they had seen those things. It was kind of a wake-up call. Not to mention Jonah being spewed out of a, a fish and probably bleached by the stomach um, things that are inside and all that. And he probably probably really was a huge testimony to God. They probably had heard about that, doesn't say. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's a short message, but if people know the messenger and the power of God behind the message and the person and what God's done in their life, they're, they're more apt to listen. Would you say that? That's why it's so important to have a good testimony 
and be walking with God. People will want to listen to somebody that's walking with God, somebody that's got a testimony, somebody that's seeing prayers answered, somebody that's sacrificially living, living by faith, pleasing God. People take notice of that, okay? You want to have an influence in others, get right with God. <laughs> Live close to God and you'll have an influence with others because you can't help but others see the power of God and the hand of God in your life, seeing how God answers, okay? Um, and that's what we should desire for ourselves, shouldn't we? Uh, we should desire to, to have God's hand on our lives, but we've got to submit to him and look to him as really Jonah, um, in, a, in a crazy way, was, went through that fish and that trial in his life. But, but notice in, in one thing, just the, this is a short message, okay? Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Not only was there a message in the messenger, with all that he had went through and the act of God and that fish and, and maybe some physical things, not only the acts of God that had went around there, but it is the power of God and his word that works in hearts. And don't you forget it. We don't have to try to persuade people. We just need to tell people the truth. Now, if people have questions. It's okay to try to help them. But we go to God's word. It's the power of God. God's word is alive. And that's what we need to know. We need to memorize it. We need to give it, okay? Um, it's a short message. And really, what? It's a message of judgment. There's no good news. 40 days and you're overthrown. That, that's not good news. Okay? That's bad, bad news, okay? Um, and that's, that's the news we've got to tell others too, though, right? Hey, you die today, you're going to hell. The Bible says it. For the wages of sin is death. The Bible talks about hell. He talks about the lake of fire. He talks about heaven. It's a wonderful place. But the truth is you will stand before God one day and you have broken his laws, his Ten Commandments, and he's a holy, just God, and he has to be. He would not be a good God if he wasn't just. And you, 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 we got to give that bad news. Okay, It's bad news. There's some people out there that say, oh, you don't, you don't talk about hell. You don't talk about the bad news. You just focus on the positive and and how you can have the joy of the Lord, and you can have hope, and you can have peace. Listen, that, that's not the full gospel. You want the full gospel? The full gospel is the bad news and the good news, which is through Jesus Christ and what he can do in your life. And so this is a short message, but, but it, was a, it was a message of, of, of judgment. It was bad news. It reminds me of a track. I think I have that track up here. We have a, a track out there, and, and I hope you're taking tracks and handing these things out, but this is one of them. I like it's called bad news for good people and good news for bad people. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, is there good people? What do you mean by that? You know, um, the Bible says we're all we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. No one is good in God's eyes. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. Okay. Um, we like to think people, they do pretty good things. They're a nice person, you know, but that's not God's standard. That's our own standard. And so the bad news, listen to some of this. Isaiah 64, 6. We are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. Uh, Romans 3, 10, 11. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. Hebrews 4, 13. All things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. What about, what about the good news for the bad people? There are some people you don't have to tell that. You don't have to... Tell them that they're a sinner, that they're going to hell. Some, it's very obvious to some people. They know that. You don't have to really rub that in, okay? Um, 
Um, here's some good news. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. 1 Timothy 1.15. Romans 5.8. God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Think about the love of God there. But what a good track to give to somebody, right? Because I think it, I don't, I don't, you don't fall in the middle here, okay? <laughs> and sometimes it's, you know, people are feeling different ways according to where they're at in their life, too. Um, you can be that seed, that influence on somebody, and it's just a short message. It's just a message. God loves you. He wants to save you, right? I mean, feel saved, but that's what it's, that's what it's about, right? It can be just a short, you don't know because it's the power of God. I like that track and the fact that it's got good verses. Well, it, not good verses. It's got verses <laughs> that have the good news in it, okay? Um, but we are to be doing this. And so God's calling this prophet. He's going, to, he's going to his enemies. He's submitted. He has a short message. It's the word of God. It's a powerful message. He has the, message, the, the messenger himself. God's done a great thing. He has a message through what God has done in his own life. And he's going and he's walking through this city, three days journey, and he's preaching this message. And uh, he gets, uh, and we see here in verse 5, we see the results of this message. So much so, as you notice here, that the king hasn't even got, probably gotten the message yet. But the people start repenting and turning to God. And we see some evidences to how they respond to the judgment of this, this short message, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Verse 5, so the people of Nineveh believed God. They believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. So no one was telling these people. The king, we'll see this later, he, said, he says something, but no one's telling them. They, they are just, they are humbling themselves. Um, they're proclaiming a fast. When you fast, something's really important. You're trying to get all those other distractions out. You're taking um, your walk or your, your life, trying to get right with God here. They believed God. They proclaimed a fast. They put on this sackcloth, which would be, um, I don't know what you call those bags, but I think of like um, but burlap. Yeah, uh, good. You guys are right on top. That's what you think of. That's the stuff kind of stuff. It would have been scratchy. It wouldn't have been nice things, but it would have shown they would have um, probably thrown ashes, as I think it says later, they put ashes over their head. It's an outward display of humility inside. And we see really just the sincerity of these people. They're not putting on a show, I don't, I don't believe, as we look here. Um, but the people, they respond first here. They respond, and it says, the greatest them of them, even to the least of them. Okay, God looks on the heart, doesn't he? There's no greater or least Okay, on earth. We understand that, right? You're only saved by grace. But, but in their eyes, okay, so lots of times there was different thoughts about men and women at that time. There was the older, there was the younger, there was certain uh, people with certain um, status. They're saying the greatest to the least. Everybody wants to get right. That's pretty powerful. Now, granted, there could be all these other acts of God and all these other things. They don't even know God. The reason why God is sending judgment on this city is because it was such an adulterous city. And they, they were evil city. And we see that how they conquered people later and things. But from the greatest to the least. In verse 6, for word came unto the king of Nineveh. So now he's hearing about it. Probably seeing what's going on in his town. And he's getting word from, from some of his um, uh, people that, that are under him. 
It says, and he arose from his throne and he laid his robe uh, from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. So now we even see probably the greatest, if you want to call it in that town, the king himself humbling himself. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying, and this is quite a decree, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. He's going far beyond. Don't even taste something. Let them not feed nor drink water. This this could mean for he's talking about animals. OK, the, the flocks, the, the um, cows, all the different things. He's saying basically don't don't give them water, don't give them food. And, and part of the reason for that really is because it would take work on the people's part to do that, too. Right. He's saying, hey, take this serious. Don't worry about your animals. And ultimately, what happens to animals if they don't drink or eat? They're goners. This could have been huge. This could have hurt the financial um, capacity or how much that city had. This could have hurt them very much. It's like causing your own famine. <laughs> okay? Uh, that's, that's a bad thing. But you just see the sincerity here. You see the repentance um, and, and what's going on there. In uh, verse 8, but let every every man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. All right. So now he's getting very specific on how they need to turn. He's talking from their evil, evil way and the violence of their hands. And then he says, who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? You see, true worldly repentance is this. I got caught. I'm in trouble. Therefore, I need to get out of this situation. So I need to confess this. I need to try to make appeasement. I got caught. I'm in trouble. I need to get out of trouble. You don't see worldly repentance here. I don't. I see a godliness that's saying, hey, we need to change our ways. We need to change our our violence. They don't even know much about God at all. There's been no prophet there before. And I think that's one of the things. That's that's the shame upon Israel. The shame upon Israel is that they had not tried to reach out and show them the God until now. Not only that, here is here is. Israel that has the prophets of God, that has the very oracles of God. And at this time, they're blessed, but yet their hearts are far from God. And they have that. Here's somebody that doesn't have all the truth and knowledge about God, but yet they're yearning for it. And they're they're willing to totally uh, have um, change in their community, in their society. What, what a What a shameful thing to Israel. And that's why I think it's so... It's so powerful when Jesus says to the Pharisees, you had Jonah as a sign. He was three days in the fish's belly. Do you understand? There's a lot more to that than just the idea that Jesus was going to be in the ground for three days. You had Jonah as a sign to you. And here Jesus is a prophet going to the Gentile people. He was up in Capernaum. He's healing Gentile people just as Jonah went and preached up there. Although... It was, it was judgment, but how powerful that. Folks, we ought to get this right away. The, the application is 
we, we ought to see that we have the privileges of God. We have the word of God. We have so many things to be thankful for. But how are we sharing this message? There's so many out there that haven't heard the truth. And they're ready. they are in sin. They know that they're bad people, many of them. But they need somebody to share the truth with them. That can be you. That can be me. In verse 10, we see how God responds to all of this. There was no ifs. There was, this was not a conditional message. It was 40 days, you're overthrown. That's it. But God saw this. And this just really shows the heart of God, the character of God. Verse 10, and God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. And he did it not. Now, obviously, this is God knows everything. Um, God, God doesn't change the way he does things per se, but, but God doesn't always reveal everything up right up front because he wants to see how we respond. Did you catch that? I want to see how they would respond. And they're responding in humility. God gives grace to the humble, but he what? He rejects the proud. God will exalt the humble in due time. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Boy, what a, what a great message there in seeing. Well, how does, how, does, um, how does Jonah respond to this? Well, you know the story. Okay? This is not what he wanted. Okay? He wanted doom and gloom. He wanted hellfire. He wanted them gone. And we really just see, I, I, as you read this, you really feel like, you really sense through, through the scriptures here that he got right with God. I mean, you would think you would get right with God <laughs> being in the belly, being spewed out. But he says salvation is of the Lord. Uh, he says that they observe lying vanities, forsake their own mercies. He says, I remembered God. You think that he's gotten right. But now he sees how God has responded. His arch enemies have repented. God is not going to fulfill his promise of judgment in his own mind. And we see there in verse one, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was very angry. Have you ever been displeased and angry at the way God does something? It's interesting. You really start to understand our presuppositions or what we think about people. Or, um, you know, that's one of the things. That's why they say that, was it envy? Envy is like drinking poison. And expecting the other person to die from it. Something like that. Um, when we have that bitterness and that envy in our heart. We take displeasure when God ends up helping somebody else. And it's times like these that really, boy. It is an act of grace that we need in our own hearts. And his help. Um, but none of us. None of us. All of us have went through situations like this. Um, but it's just showing Jonah that he's still, he's still a work in progress. He got a second chance, right? Uh, was God done with him? I don't think God was done with him, but he's, he's now back again. He's, he's went backwards. Um, of course, we don't read too much more after this book about him. But we see this displeasure. We see this, how he's very angry. He's upset. And he prayed unto the Lord. And he said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying 
when I was yet in my country. And now we're seeing why he fled. Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. So he had the right theology, didn't he? He knew God was gracious, merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness. He knew that that's the way his God was. We know that's the way our God is. Are there certain enemies that we have that we would actually get angry about seeing God work in their life? Most of us would probably not say that, okay. But I think there are certain people. There's people we see in the media, people, criminals. Uh, Hitler would have been in his own time. We have ISIS today. Um, um, certain people that, are, that we consider our enemies. But they need the gospel too, don't they? Very much so. And uh, God, this is where God is working in us and molding and shaping our hearts and helping us. You know that person on the side of the street that doesn't look like they've had a bath for a while, that um, is missing teeth because probably was on drugs, okay? Um, That's maybe asking for help. Um, They need Christ too. They need the love of God. And uh, the best... Bible that they'll ever read is is you, okay? God can save souls and he can do a mighty work. He's ready. He had the right theology, but his heart wasn't necessarily right. God wants to go much further than just our head. He wants to reach our heart. Verse 3, Therefore, now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And we don't know here if the fact that it's because he's so down, he's so gloom, gloomy, he knows that he's not right with God. Um, he talks about um, how he remembered the Lord. He talks about, I will pay uh, that that I have vowed. So maybe he's thinking about this vow he has to God. He said, salvation is of the Lord. And maybe he's thinking about that vow and he's just going. He's he's thinking about all these things. I don't, I don't know exactly, but maybe it is the... Um, the idea here is he's he's not able to totally forgive himself, too. Question, yes. I think pride is the bottom line. <laughs> Whether it's him as a prophet... And he's, that's an interesting point. He's saying, here's a prophecy. Oh, great. I just made a prophecy and it didn't come about. Am I a true prophet of God? I don't know, maybe. Uh, you know, for sure. I know it was his pride. Either it was his nationalistic pride, you know, um, or just the fact that he knew God would do that and this was his enemy. He, he wanted them to be destroyed. We're not fully sure exactly, but I, I think ultimately the pride. Yeah, that's a good point, though. I hadn't, I hadn't necessarily thought of that. I'm sure other people have, but... Um, Good point. I like some interjection, too. Um, but uh, we, we just see this. He said, it's better for me to die than to live. You know, and that's that's really in the point of despair where someone gets that down um, and they're able to say something like that. And that's a lie from Satan, isn't it? That's a total lie. Um, God could use him in a mighty way, but he had to get past himself and his pride um, in, in, uh, in taking his life. Verse 4. Then said the Lord, dost thou well to be angry? 
We hear that still small voice. So Jonah went out of the city and he sat on the east side of the city and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. So he's still thinking, hey, maybe this judgment's going to come. Okay. Because um, uh, more than likely, the 40 days hadn't, hadn't gone by. He's probably thinking to himself, this is all show. This can't be right. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, but he's sitting there. In verse 6, we see again that word prepared. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceedingly glad of, of the gourd. And we really see God's goodness in preparing this. He's going to teach him a lesson here. I think of this gourd, I think of it growing fast. It seems like, right? I was thinking of uh, how many of um, saw those little Christmas plants? I think, Glenda, you got one. I can't think what they're called. Um, but anyways, you can grow when like when a month they're already blooming. Okay, this idea, this is this thing is really growing. It's covering. It's providing shade. But God prepared it, didn't he? Uh, in verse seven, we see again, but God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day and it smote the gourd that it withered. All right. So this is just a God thing. This is happening really quick. God prepares the good. He prepares the worm too. the so-called bad here. In verse 8, we see that word again. It says, And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. So he says this again. You just see the ups and downs that he's going through. He's not stable because he's, he's still got that bitterness. That, that um, He's not right with God. Okay? And so God prepares these things. And listen, this is how it ends the book. We, we don't hear much more, but this is how it ends. And God said to Jonah, Dost thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I, I do well to be angry even unto death. Again, third time. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons, 120,000, that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? That could have been children, could have been people with mental handicaps, whatever it was, but they couldn't discern there. And what he's really rebuking Jonah and saying, you, got, you care for something, you have this so-called love for this gourd that you didn't make, that was just a blessing for you. Don't you care for these people that I've made? These people that are about turned? These people that, that are ready to receive forgiveness? Well, what a powerful message. That's where it ends. It really ends with, as I, I remember going through this in Hebrew years ago in seminary. And, and as we did this, it, it just stops abruptly. It stops the question. And as we took Hebrew, the teacher asked the question. And the idea is it just causes you to stop and think, doesn't it? Don't you care? You care more for that thing than you do for people. Boy, I find myself that way. I find myself well that that way in, in raising children too at times. Care more for the stuff than my kid that got hurt. <laughs> um, or we have a walking path and um, kid goes out and gets his nice shoes all wet. Well, he's you know he's freezing to death. But you know you care about stuff more than people. We got to be really careful. And so. Um, this reluctant prophet, God used in a mighty way 
even though he didn't want to go. He did get right, but then he becomes bitter. God's word is powerful. If there's anything else, you don't get anything else tonight. God's word is powerful, and God can do a work in anybody. And don't get in the way of his word and in his work that he's doing. Get out of the way and let God do a work. Let's pray. I'm saying you're supposed to stop and contemplate. I, I, I don't, I don't, it doesn't say, I would hope that he got right with God, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did too, but I think the idea is that don't be as concerned about Jonah as be concerned about yourself and, and trying to think about how he didn't respond right. But yeah I, yeah, I would think as a prophet, as he's going back home, hopefully he got right. He would never see the judgment that would come, though. He could sit on that hill a long time. <laughs> He'd die before it came, okay? Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying one way or the other because it leaves with a question. But, but don't get in the way. Don't miss it. Don't get in the way of what God is doing. Here's 120,000 people that, that can't distinguish their right hand from their left. Don't you care about them? Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are a God that is just. You are a God that's full of um, that, that's full of wrath, too. And Lord, you displayed that by Jesus dying on the cross. And uh, Lord, help us to never get over the cross and what Christ has done, taking our sin and our shame and our judgment that we deserve, dying in our place, and how he rose the third day, dying for us, being buried. And uh, Lord, I pray that Whatever, however someone has treated us in the past or certain ideologies come into play, Lord, I pray that we'd get out of the way and that we would just let your spirit use us to share Christ with others and share the gospel, the good news and, and the bad news, but the good news that ultimately we can have through Christ. And so, Lord, I, I pray you'd help us to contemplate tonight and, and even think about the end here of how Jonah loved this gourd more than he loved these people. Um, And Lord, help us not to love stuff more than people. Help us, Lord, to uh, just die to self and be yielded of you. Uh, Lord, it's one of the blessings, I think, of going to another country and praying for the team that goes, that that we would just see how the things of this world um, don't last. And I pray that they would grow strangely dim and uh, the the eyes of, of those that are going and seeing these other Christians that are living on so little. Um, And Lord, just help us. Use us, Lord. Help us to be about your kingdom. Only your kingdom will last. We love you now and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Take some tracks out there. Be a witness and a light. And um, maybe pastor will get done early next time. Okay.